Hi, I'm Kathy Guggenauer, and today's leadership quote comes from me. What one woman can do, another can do. The Leader Assistant Podcast exists to encourage and challenge assistants to become confident, game-changing leader assistants. Hey friends, thanks for tuning in to episode 105. Be sure to check out the show notes at leaderassistant.com slash 105. Also, if you haven't yet, please join our Slack community at slack.leaderassistant.com. And we also have a Facebook group. If you're more into Facebook, you can go to facebook.leaderassistant.com. And lastly, we have some events coming up, so leaderassistantlive.com to check out the event schedule. That's leaderassistantlive.com. All right, I hope you enjoy this episode. Thank you so much for listening, and have a good one. Hey, everyone. Thanks for tuning in to the Leader Assistant Podcast. Today, I'm speaking with Kathy Guggenauer. Kathy is a virtual assistant business owner from her tiny house in the middle of a forest, and I'm really excited to chat with her about the entire world of virtual assistant, remote work, and all that fun stuff. So, Kathy, how's it going? Hey, Jeremy. First of all, congratulations on saying my name perfectly. (laughs) Almost nobody is able to do that. In fact, I worked with a client as a VA for six years, and she continued to always call me Guggenheim. Uh, Well, I'm (laughs) glad I got something right. Your first try, you got it. Awesome. So things are going good here. I've been, um, you know, it's COVID time, uh, July 15th, 2020. And I feel very fortunate because I have uh, basically been self-isolating since 2001 (laughs) by living in a national forest and working virtually. Awesome. So tell us a little bit about how you went from corporate America to working from home, uh, running your own business. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I, I, I had never had any desire to have my own business. It just wasn't, you know, I just wasn't one of those people that grew up thinking, Oh, I just can't wait to have my own business. I grew up at very middle class or lower middle class, mom and dad who went to work every single day, they did not take risks. You know, they believed in get a job, stay in the job, get retirement. And that was where I was headed, straightforward. I worked for almost 20 years for a Fortune 500 company. And I did start out there as an admin. In fact, uh, Jeremy, I went to the very prestigious at that time, back in the, well, this was 1976, I went to the very prestigious secretarial school in St. Louis called Miss Hickey's. Have you ever heard of that one? I haven't, actually. It's the first. (laughs) Well, they're still around, and at that time, they were incredibly prestigious, and so much so that in just nine months of going there right after high school, I got offered three different jobs. Um, really well-paying secretarial positions and um, grew from there working at the Fortune 500 company into a managerial position. 
Um, I was able to get all of my college education paid for through that company, which is almost unheard of these days, took full advantage of it. And then my career stalled. I mean, came to a halt. And I went and asked my manager why. And he said, you laugh and smile too much and you will never go anywhere in this company until you stop that. Wow. I went back to my tiny little cubicle and just cried because I was like, this is me. I'm a silly goofball and I love being joyful and happy and laughing. I really thought for a little while, Jeremy, gosh, I have to change this. How do I do that? And then I don't know how really because I'm, I'm usually uh, – back then I was not a risk taker. But I thought, no, no, I'm not going to change that. I was almost 40 at the time (laughs) and, you know, I didn't know back then, but after 40, you know, you really get into ageism and things like that. If I had known more about that, I might not have had as much courage, but I put together a game plan to quit in six months. At that six month point, I took my resignation letter in to my boss and told him I was quitting. He said, you're making the biggest mistake you'll ever make in your life. You will never make this kind of money again. And, you know, I was. I was making really good money as a marketing manager there. I had really good benefits and all of that. And it irritated me so much that he didn't think I was capable that I said, just off the top of my head, you're wrong. I will not only make more than this. I will make at least twice as much as this. And then that became my goal. I started my virtual assistant business by accident, quite honestly, because my husband was traveling a lot. And so since I had quit my job, I began traveling with him. And every time we'd move, I would get online and find our home, the next home. And I began, you know, I'm quite opinionated. I began complaining to the real estate agents I was speaking with about their websites and their marketing. And one of them said, well, why don't you do something about it? Would you fix it for me? I was like, sure. So I got to work on that and did it from my home. And I really enjoyed it. And he really liked what I was doing. And my husband lost his job. We decided to move to our tiny house here in Missouri in the middle of nowhere, literally an hour from the closest grocery store. And I asked the real estate agent, I said, hey, do you think it would be okay if I do this virtually from, he was in Kansas City, from my house, like seven hours from here? And he said, well, you already are working virtually. You're a virtual assistant. And I'm like, what? What's that? (laughs) And this was in 2001. And once he told me that, I began researching. And indeed, it was a thing. And... um. After that, it's just history because my business began growing and growing and growing. And in just a couple of years, I had uh, doubled my income from my corporate job. Wow. That's awesome. So did you kind of, as you got into the rabbit hole of, of virtual assistant world and did the research, did you find... Um, maybe one or two things that really now looking back really catapulted that business that you could share with others who are 
interested in starting their own? Yeah. So Jeremy, I will, I made that sound like it was super easy, didn't I? (laughs) (laughs) And that's not reality because, um, I, you know, looking back, I can't believe that I'm going to say this about myself because I'm not that person anymore at all. But because I had that long career at a fortune 500 company, because I had an undergraduate degree in marketing and an MBA, I thought, Oh my God, I am so good. I am going to just rock this little VA world, you know? And what I didn't know, I didn't know. I mean, I didn't even know the differences. So I made a lot of mistakes. The first mistake that I made was very much underpricing my services. I thought, well, I'll just start at 15 an hour and see how it goes. And I struggled to get clients at 15 an hour. Well, I couldn't go lower than that. I would have been I would have been a non for profit. And I almost was at 15 an hour. And what I found that I was getting were nickel and dimers, you know, people who wanted to negotiate down people who would say, can't you do that faster? Can't you do that cheaper? And fortunately, I found a business trainer and coach who coached me that if I really believed I was as good as I was, and and I had, I really did believe I was amazing at what I did. And, you know, Jeremy, I know you're amazing. I know a lot of people listening to you are truly amazing at what they do. And I did, you know, I believe that. And she said, you need to price yourself at the highest point, not the lowest point. Don't compete on price be the highest. And oh my gosh, that scared me to death to think about doing that. But I took her advice and did my research on my competitors. And I discovered that in order to be the highest priced, and by the way, I was a real estate virtual assistant. Mm -hmm. So I did marketing for real estate agents across the US. And I changed my pricing from $15 an hour to $75 an hour. And my business absolutely exploded. And when I talked to people who wanted to consider hiring me, I literally asked them, what made you decide to contact me? And they said, well, you're the highest price. So I figured you must be the best. And I want to work with the best. Are you ready to elevate your career in 2024? I'm Maggie Olson, founder of Nova Chief of Staff Certification, the first of its kind online course for aspiring and existing chiefs of staff. With curriculum taken directly from on-the-job responsibilities, Nova's self-paced learning modules provides you with hands-on experience so you can feel competent and confident moving into a chief of staff style role. It's the perfect next step for executive assistants. Head to leaderassistant.com slash Nova to learn more, grab the syllabus, and enroll today. Wow. That's that's uh, definitely a challenge that a lot of uh, assistants I've talked talked with have because they just think, well, I don't know anybody or I only have one client and I need to get a bunch of clients, so I'm going to drop my price so that I can just get in. Um yeah, but yeah, like 
I agree with you that the it's that whole perceived value uh, psychology that right. that really t- uh, makes a big difference. Yeah, I, I honestly I would never have come up with that on my own. <laughs> but you know, when I hire a coach, and I truly believe coaches are just incredibly important to people who really want to grow their businesses, grow their lives, because they can be that, like, I'm too close to it myself, right? And they can take that distance view and help you see something that you cannot see. But when I hire a coach, I only hire those who I'm going to do what they say, because I'm not going to pay somebody a lot of money to coach me and not do what they say. Mm -hmm. So I do what they say, and it has paid off very well. So you got to the point where you raise your price and, you know, you got people calling you because you raised your price. How have Mm -hmm. you, have you kind of spread the word further? Has it been word of mouth primarily? I know you've got some marketing background. Any tips Mm -hmm. on kind of scaling? Yes, I've tons of tips on all of that. So let's start because I, I know from all my research that the number one thing people who are considering working as a virtual assistant are concerned about is how do I find, get, and keep clients? So my number one tip on how to find clients is, first of all, you need to narrow your niche, okay? If you want to be a general admin, and do you mind if I share numbers? Numbers here. No, uh, I, I, I don't know it. about your I listeners, but I love to know numbers. Okay, so and I have done tons of research on this industry, Jeremy, over the last two thousand uh, since two thousand and one. Okay, um, so general admins they earn about twenty five dollars an hour. That is the mindset of business owners and entrepreneurs who primarily hire VAs. That a at general admin top value is twenty five dollars an hour. Well, executive assistants like you, Jeremy, that's not enough money. Mm-hmm. You know, you're not going to switch from being an executive assistant to getting $25 an hour. Even if you get to work from home and have your own business, it's not worth it. So what I found is when you specialize, so you go from being a general admin to having a specialty like I did with being a real estate VA, then you can charge a lot more. And think about doctors, for example, when you go to your general practitioner and you have something that they're like, well, I think you need to see a specialist. And then you go to that specialist who charges more. (laughs) Well, it is indeed that specialist. And that's exactly how, how it works across the board in any industry. When you specialize, you charge more. So that's one big tip. And then once you've specialized, it's much easier to get the word out about your business because then people can say, oh, you need a real estate VA? I know one rather than I know a VA, right? Mm -hmm. So and then the number one way once you've done those things to get a steady flood of clients coming to you is to brainstorm who also has the same target market as you. 
So I had real estate agents as my target market, as my people I wanted to work with. So I brainstormed who else works with real estate agents. And I reached out to those companies, built relationships with them, referred clients to them, and they referred clients to me. So, for example, real estate agents all need websites. So I researched the best real estate websites, um, contacted them, built a relationship with them, and that one, just one website company ended up sending me over 70 clients. Hmm. And I had multiple other real estate website companies that I worked with, too. So but what do you, you think about that? No, that's 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 perfect. Um, when did you or when you got those 70 clients, how mm-hmm. did you get help? Like you can't. You can't. Mm-hmm. I mean, maybe you can. Maybe maybe you got some secrets. <laughs> no, but you I don't think you can do be seventy clients by yourself. <laughs> no, you absolutely cannot do all that work yourself. Um, so as my um, business continued to grow, one of the things that, if you have not been in this industry, like I had not been, I did not realize, is that your level of knowledge of how to run a business, how to market a business, and really in depth what your client's needs grows and grows and grows. So you can literally grow your business into anything that you want, which is really exciting. So what I decided I wanted to do because I got bored. I don't know about you, Jeremy. I get easily bored. (laughs) Like at my corporate job where I was for 20 years, every three years I would change jobs because I would be bored. Mm -hmm. And as a virtual assistant, you get to choose what you're doing. So I decided, hey, you know what? I really don't like doing the tasks like writing blog posts, loading things to websites. I got bored with that. But what I really enjoy doing is marketing And sales, bringing in those clients and that uh, face-to-face with clients. So I began searching for virtual assistants that I could hire as subcontractors to do the tasks, to do the work. And I focused on the marketing and the sales. Now, my challenge was I couldn't find VAs that had the qualities I was looking for. And I read part of your book yesterday, which congratulations on your book. I absolutely love it. Everybody should grab a copy as fast as possible because you have the exact same philosophy as I do, which is what I'm looking for in, and honestly, what everyone is looking for, whether it's as an employee, EA, or as an independent contractor, VA, or VA subcontractor, they're looking for somebody who is proactive, professional, and a problem solver. Because when you get somebody who has those three qualities, then they're going to run their business on their own, and you're not going to have to manage them and oversee them. And in fact, when they're really good at being proactive, they will literally help you grow your business. So for example, I have uh, someone on my team right now, actually have many people on my team right now who are proactive, but one in particular that I want to share with you, her name is Lori, 
And she came to me a year ago and said, you know, you're spending a thousand dollars a month on a program called Active Campaign to send out emails. And you have another system that you're using for your membership site. And that membership site has email delivery at no additional cost. Why don't we move you over there? And we did. And I'm saving $1,000 a month now because she was proactive. So that's what I'm looking for. And I'm looking out there. And this was back in 2004. You know, not many VAs were around at that time. I couldn't find any that had those qualities. So I began training people myself. And at first, I trained them just to work with me. And I ended up with a team of five VAs who were doing the work. And that's when I went um, up to 110000 in income and did the six-figure realm for the first time. And then something dawned on me. Hey, I could charge for this training because a lot of people were then coming to me and going, how are you doing what you're doing? I want to learn how to do it. And so that in 2008 is actually when I began developing my own training program for virtual assistants. And in fact, it very much coincided with, everybody probably knows what happened in 2008, the real estate market bubble burst. And I went from having 110000 in revenue annually down to 25000 in revenue annually. In 30 days, I dropped that fast. So the good news is, once you know how to get clients, how to work as a VA, you can pivot very quickly. So I pivoted to working, doing the same kind of work, marketing, but for professional speakers instead. And in 30 days, I was back up working at the same level I already had been. Wow. So let's talk about the, like, you know, you pivoted from real estate to speakers. Um, let's talk about how, like, maybe a few other examples of specific niche. Um, yeah, absolutely. And, and, and I have lots of examples people, of niches. Yeah, how can people <laughs> discover which niche is for them? Yeah. So, um, first of all, my belief is when you decide to start your own virtual assistant business, that's when it's time for you to ask yourself the question, what do I really enjoy doing? What do I really want my life to look like? Because you now have the opportunity to do that, where in a lot of corporations, they tell you what you're going to do and where you're going to work, right? So that is step one, is to really think about what do you enjoy. And the broadest first step is, do you enjoy more creative things or more technical things, okay? So let me give you a couple of examples of things that are creative, do you like to write? Do you like to use Canva.com? Do you know what that is, Jeremy? Yes. Canva? Yes. yes. Okay. <laughs> so it's where you can easily go in and design amazing looking images. So do you like to do that? 
Um, do you like to do social media marketing, which is also pretty creative? Okay. And then on the opposite end, which is technical stuff, okay, do you love to, um, and you know, I call it figuring out puzzles on how to make the back end of software programs work. So how to go in and set up a web page, how to go in and make sure that the button that somebody clicks takes them where it's supposed to go. Okay. And then in between those two are kind of a mix, things like bookkeeping um, and marketing can fall in there too. So first think about that. Which creative end do you fall into, creative or techie or somewhere in between? And then I actually have a long list of um, things that you can think about from each of those, but um, you can begin to narrow that down. So, for example, I knew that I liked to write and I, and I loved marketing. So I knew that's where I wanted to go. Now, if you're already in a career that you love something about, think about what that is that you love, because that usually is very easy to transition into a virtual assistant career. So, for example, I was a marketer at my corporate job. I have been a marketer ever since as a virtual assistant. And now in my training business, I'm also still a marketer because that is something I love. I hate everything techie. I'm like a technophobe. I can't even tell you, Jeremy, how long it took me to get this Skype running mm-hmm. so I could talk to you. <laughs> you need your, uh, um, so I do VA nothing to help te- you with that. <laughs> exactly. Um, I do nothing technical. Okay. Um, and when you work with clients, all you have to do is say, you know, this is what I specialize in. I can help you with this. And then if they ask you, as they often do, hey, can you set up a WordPress website for me? And I'm like, no, I, that's not what I specialize in. But I know someone I can refer you to who can do that. So, was that helpful? Did yeah, that clarify that a little bit? It did. How about another level, though? So let's say you, you know, you do enjoy setting up WordPress sites. How do you find kind of even another layer of niche to where mm-hmm. you said, oh, you know, I helped real estate agents set up right. a WordPress site or I help right. auto shop, uh, small business auto shop um businesses set up their websites, how did you, or how would you look to kind of even niche down even further? Yeah, perfect example. Um, And I love that. Let's use the WordPress website. So if you Google uh, WordPress websites for real estate agents, you're going to find companies that do only that. WordPress websites for authors, WordPress websites for whatever, health coaches, You're going to find companies who specialize just in that. And by the way, when you find other companies that are already doing what you're thinking about doing, that is a good thing. That means that there is a need. It doesn't mean, oh, my gosh, there's already a lot of people doing it. This wouldn't be good for me. If you find no one doing something, okay, like uh, WordPress websites for homeless people, you're not going to find anybody doing that. Okay. 
don't go there. So you are looking for things that people are already doing. Do your research on those people. See what they're charging. See how they're talking to that industry. Because you really do want to continue to niche down just like you're talking about. The further you can niche down, the more money you can charge. And the easier it is to stay on top of what's happening. Because everything changes so quickly. Yeah, that's great. So, okay, so let's let's talk about a little bit about your virtual uh, expert training and kind of what differentiates your training from other VA training out there, and then how people can um, kind of look into that and and find out more um, and get a hold of you. Sure. So, Jeremy, one of the challenges that I found um, clients of mine who came on to build VA businesses, one of the challenges that they were struggling with was to get potential clients to understand their value. So remember when I said general admin VAs couldn't get above $25 an hour? Mm -hmm. That's because the perception of business owners and entrepreneurs out there is a general admin is valued at $25 an hour. Well, once I began doing research, what I discovered was the term virtual assistant is synonymous in people's minds with general admin. And that's why people, even though they had specialized, were struggling to get paid more as long as they were using that term virtual assistant to describe what they did. So one, another coach I had, I have been very fortunate to hire really good coaches who have really helped me with this stuff. We had a long conversation about this and she said, I want you to go out and do some more research. I want you to ask people without giving them any explanation. I want you to ask them, what would you pay a virtual assistant And then ask them, what would you pay a virtual expert? So I did that research. And every person I asked would say, a virtual assistant, oh yeah, 15, 20, 25, 25 max for a virtual assistant. And then I would say, okay, how about a virtual expert? And their eyes would light up and they would look at me and go, oh, a virtual expert? Uh, More like $35, $45 an hour. And I was just absolutely flabbergasted because I'm thinking, I didn't even tell them what the difference was. But yet they're willing to pay more just for that terminology change. So I trademarked the term virtual expert. And that is what I now teach people to become. And what's the difference between the two? Well, the virtual expert is that specialized person who goes as deep into their specialty as they can. They become a true expert at it, and they all have those three qualities that I mentioned to you because I teach these. They're proactive, problem-solving professionals. They are viewed now at the level of other professional services like lawyers, CPAs, that type of thing, and that's how they can command the higher dollar value. What do you think about that? I'm going to tell you it blew me away. Oh yeah, I mean it 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 relates to what I talk with a lot of EAs about when they when they say listen I'm 
trying to negotiate a salary increase and a lot of the times some especially larger corporations with you know large titling and role um, tiers it's a lot related to their title so you know you're an administrative assistant yeah. or you're a senior administrative assistant or you're a senior executive yeah. assistant or you're director right. of operations you know it's it's title yes. title is a big part of the perception and um yeah the compensation yeah it is amazing the difference Um, One other thing I want to mention about that term virtual assistant and its acronym VA, there are problems with that term now that weren't there when the term was originally coined. So, for example, I did a little research on you and it looks like you are an EA at a company that does AI. Is that right? Mm -hmm. Yep. So. Guess what has happened with the term virtual assistant? Yeah, they're calling the is, AI <laughs> the virtual assistant. Exactly. So when someone who is not aware that a VA is a human being, too, first, before AI came about, they automatically think that what you're talking about is artificial intelligence. Right? Mm-hmm. And when you Google it, that's what comes up. So it is no longer beneficial to be found under virtual assistant. And then the acronym VA, guess what you get when you Google VA? Virginia or Veterans Administration. Mm. So it is very confusing. So that's another good reason to use a different term. Now, I certify virtual experts. But I also help them, just like you were talking about, I help them come up with titles that fit their specialty. So it's easier for them to use that. And there are so many great titles out there now for specialties like graphic designer, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Digital marketer. and And social media specialist. And to use those types of titles automatically, just like you were talking with the EA titles being different, you automatically command the attention of somebody going, oh, yes, that's what I need. And one other trend that has just begun developing um, over the past year that is an even higher level that VAs can aspire to and are indeed achieving is a fractional, so fractional means part-time, right? Fractional C-level person. So a fractional CFO, a fractional CMO, a fractional COO, and that commands an even higher uh, level. Mm-hmm. So the other thing I'm noticing is now that um – more companies are going permanently remote. Um, yes. That it doesn't really, it seems like it's getting to be where the remote part, the virtual slash remote element is mm-hmm. is not yep. as um, distinguishable from, you know what I mean? Like it's not like, oh, you're yep. a remote assistant versus an in-office right. assistant. Like a lot of people are remote. So the more you can... Yep be specific, like you said, social media, 
a specialist or graphic design mm-hmm. assistant or whatever, um, mm-hmm. the more specific you can get, the better. Right. And so let's let's first of all do one more thing with your um, how do we niche down even further? Social media is a really easy one to niche down even further. Um, so on my team, I have a LinkedIn marketing specialist. That's all she does is LinkedIn marketing for me. I have a Facebook ads specialist. That's all she does is Facebook ads. I have someone who does nothing but Instagram. I have someone who does nothing but YouTube marketing. So all of those and the reason those can be individual specialties is because they really are that unique and different. And to stay on top of what's happening with those, you need to specialize in it. And then when somebody like me goes, okay, I'm ready to move into LinkedIn marketing, which I decided to do last year, that's who I'm looking for, who specializes in LinkedIn. So to go back to what you were talking about, about the new, um, uh, embracing of remote and virtual workers. What I have really seen, and of course this thrills me to death, Jeremy, since this is the industry I'm in and that I love, um, there were a lot of people before um, this new economy, before COVID-19 hit, there were a lot of business owners who were, were like me, technophobes, right? Or they had totally bought into the fact that The only way that we can oversee our staff is if they're right here in our office where we can see them. And when they work from home, they are not as efficient or productive. And when everybody was forced to go home and work from home, then those same people who had those doubts actually woke up and went, oh, my gosh, this really works. And then once they saw that, in fact, the research has shown that working from home is actually an increase in productivity, not a decrease, because people are happier. Um, they tend to work more and and faster. Um, a lot of different reasons why they're they're more productive. Um, then once the business owners and the corporate people were like, "Oh, this is working," then they began looking at the savings involved and they began calculating that oh we could get rid of this office and everyone could just work from home and um for that reason and the fact that it's looking more and more like this is going to be a very long-term recovery from uh COVID-19 before we get vaccines and things like that Um, Working remotely, working virtually, whether as an employee or as an independent contractor, which is what a virtual assistant and virtual expert is, is really the wave of the future. In fact, I'm sure you've seen a lot of companies that have already declared that they will not be bringing their employees back and not even considering bringing them back until sometime in 2020, um, 2021, if ever. Yeah. Yep. It's definitely a changed... uh changed climate um, a lot more. I think it's expedited the shift to remote work for sure. Absolutely. It has, which again, thrills me (laughs) as you can imagine, because, um, you know, that is one of the challenges. I, uh, Jeremy, I not only am an advocate for 
um, anybody who wants to become a virtual assistant or a virtual expert. Um, I'm also an advocate for those businesses who are struggling to get the work done and don't realize that they can use um, an independent contractor as little or as much as they need to fill gaps or, in fact, to um, get work done. One more stat I want to share with you is that um, virtual assistants and virtual experts get, on the average, three times more work done, more pro- productivity than in, than the typical employee and the reasoning behind that is when you're, you work as a virtual assistant, virtual expert, you turn on your clock and you start charging only when you're actually doing productive work. If you stop to chat, if you stop to you know buy something on Amazon, if your phone rings and you stop to answer that, um, if you go to lunch, the client is not charged. And because they specialize and they're already an expert in what they do, they're faster at it. Awesome, Kathy. Well, this is a lot of uh, really amazing information. Um, definitely something for my listeners to digest and redigest and um, reach out to you uh, if they have more questions. So, how can they get a hold of you? So, go to virtualexperttraining.com. Awesome. Well, I will share the link in the show notes and also share your uh, social media links as well. Uh, Thanks again for sharing your insight. And um, I think it's very timely with the, again, the shift to more remote work and um, people trying to diversify their income even um, if they have a full-time job that might not be as demanding right now and they want to add a couple of VA clients on the side. Um, yeah, I definitely encourage uh, everyone listening to check out Kathy's website, uh, reach out to her. Uh, she's got a lot of great uh, wisdom to share. So thanks, Kathy. Really appreciate it. Um, and I'll definitely um, let you get back to the forest. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I apologize if you heard dogs barking or anything like that. Um here in the forest, you never know what's going to happen. <laughs> Jeremy, thank you so much for giving me this opportunity. You are a great interviewer. Oh, well, thank you. I appreciate it. It's been my pleasure interviewing you, and we will talk soon. Thanks again for listening. Check out the show notes at leaderassistant.com slash 105. Leaderassistant.com slash 105. See you next time. Please review on Apple Podcasts. GoBullows.com